0: Poverty. It's craft. Unemployment. Corruption. Accountability.
1: <laughs> Energy crisis. Inflation. We are worried That South Africa has myriad problems on all fronts is a given. But the time has come for us to look for real solutions. I'm Jeremy Mags, and this MoneyWeb podcast will discuss those solutions on how South Africans can solve problems by having tough conversations and drawing on the insights of South Africa's top business leaders. Welcome to Fix Essay. Not too long ago, our guest wrote an essay that said the crisis that South Africa is facing is a golden opportunity to define the country's progressive politics anew. Ditching, he said, the old ideological dogmas whose preoccupation is contestation to defeat the other at the expense of progress on issues where there is broad social agreement. Looks like he might have some good ideas on how to repair things. Welcome to the MoneyWeb Podcast Fix Essay. My name's Jeremy Maggs. Just to remind you in coming weeks, our guests will be asked how we can make things better. How do we improve matters? How in the shortest space of time can we become a competitive and a successful nation? That's what everybody wants. Sangezo Zibi has more than 20 years of corporate experience, during which time he has been a communications and corporate affairs professional. Prior to joining ABSA as head of communications, he was the editor of Business Day and now the convener, the chief cook and bottle washer, I think, of a think tank, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, of a concept called the Ravonia Circle. So how would he fix South Africa? Let me get that right. First of all, Sangezo, are you comfortable with the word think tank?
0: Oh, yes. I am. We're a think tank with frills, bells and whistles, because we are different. Because we work on solutions uh, across a number of areas. So I'm very happy to be here to talk about how to fix SA.
1: I'm looking forward to talking about some of those solutions. But just a quick criticism, if I may. Yes. spoke to a couple of people who... I told I was going to be talking to you and they said, oh, not another talk shop. <laughs> is that what the Rivonia Circle is about? Is it a bunch of smart guys getting around a table and talking or is it more than that? No, it's absolutely more
0: than that. One of the decisions we took early on is that we are going to be solutions focused. But people have got to understand that in order to arrive at practical workable solutions, you've got to do quite a bit of talking but in our case we've Mm. been doing a lot of listening actually rather than talking which I'm quite happy to share as we as we have this conversation listening very intently so that when we do decide to produce ideas and take action they have as much consensus mm. and credibility as possible because that's what we've had in South Africa. We've had a lack of credibility right, right across the board. As a result, the things we've tried to do have been hotly contested and just never get anywhere.
1: Mm. You can listen yeah. for as long as you want. You can try and reach that consensus, but you will agree with me that that clock is ticking, that at some point uh, you've got to put up your hand and say, well, here's the blueprint we have reached the consensus, now we're gonna spring into action. What would the springing into action be? So
0: we're actually in that phase of action, Jeremy, at this moment, so we've just introduced something called the RISE campaign. So South Africans have to recognize what the fundamental problem is. And I know people like to talk about technical solutions and this policy option and the capable state and that sort of thing. We've got to be honest with ourselves. The politics is South Africa's biggest obstacle in terms of the economy, in terms of social progress, in terms of, uh, of just about anything that we want to do, including global competitiveness of the country. We have the wrong people at the helm. And, and people in business, and I come from business, Jeremy, have chosen to have this conversation only in private. But honestly, they are dealing and hanging their hopes on people they wouldn't hire as middle managers in their companies. And they know it. So we've got to fix the politics. No dilly-dallying and beating around the bush. And therefore, the RISE campaign has got as one of its core tenets, making sure that we get that political change from 2024 onwards. And then the kind of things people complain about and say government is not doing, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. We've made thousands of pages of submissions to government and nothing gets done. Then they can get done because you need a mm-hmm. different caliber of politicians.
1: So are you a force of influence at the moment or at some point do you put up your hand and say we're a party as well?
0: Where we are now is that Rivonia Settle is going to continue being the non-profit that it mm. is. The Rise campaign is going to be an animal of its own that becomes a political movement mm. that contests elections and so on while Rivonia Settle continues on its path. What Rivonia Circle has done in essence is laid the basis through its work for a cohesive political Mm. alternative that can contest elections.
1: Lots of organizations such as yours have risen before, and I like the name RISE, but uh, they've also fallen. What makes you different, do you think? What's going to give you the traction that you so desire?
0: Jeremy, let me... Give you an example and, and i'm going to criticize my former colleagues in business or the elites and i count myself as one of the elites in south africa the manner in which we have thought and framed solutions to some of the problems is outmoded and it tends to follow what the people at the union buildings follow now if you look at the unemployment and economy problem jeremy 70 percent of the people without jobs in south africa do not have metric Right. I am not sure what Ibrahim Patel with large industrial society dreams that he wants to do that business flocks continuously to speak to about beneficiation and all of these kind of things. What does that solve for the person who actually can't get the most basic job because they didn't finish my trick? The Department of Education was in Parliament in October and they said the school dropout rate is, wait for it, 48 percent or 52 percent. Right. If you can't solve that problem, you then not going to have to be able to be competitive to have the kind of impact that you want to have and therefore, and here's where the framing needs to change we can't have people in business and other sectors only meeting with Ibrahim Patel. Surely, surely in the conversation there needs to be Bladen Zimande or the Minister of mm-hmm. Higher Education and the Minister of Basic Education business has got to get into the habit of interrogating how we've structured our skills development program and vis-a-vis the basic education area they don't want to go there because it doesn't have anything to do with business and those are the kind of solutions different framing of solutions that we're
1: coming up with it's also much easier and perhaps more palatable to sip the big vision Kool-Aid than go and get dirty and discuss uh, you know, curricula and classrooms and uh, basic services, I guess.
0: Jeremy, we must frame questions as simply as we can. Mm. Why are so many kids not completing school? And what happens to those kids? are we ever gonna create enough jobs for them? Alternately, then, if we accept that we don't want to do anything about that problem, what kind of rudimentary early 20th century economy do we want to build so that we can have somewhere where they can work, and how competitive or uncompetitive Mm. would that economy be? We don't want to frame questions in that way because it's too difficult. It it takes us to the realm of politics. Mm. Of course it must.
1: I want to reference in a moment your call to action then as far as business is concerned. But I have framed our conversation on the essay that you wrote yeah. that um, I featured in my introduction. You said in part, we are truly on our own. We must take very clear steps to defend the republic between now and 2024. What do you mean when you say we are truly on our own? Songeza Zibi, that's terrifying. How do we find ourselves on our own? We should be terrified. We're Mm. sitting with a
0: snake in the room and we're pretending that it's not there. Jeremy, you've covered economy and politics for Mm. a very long time. We know on a year when the ANC has got its elective conference, there is very little governing that goes on. The people are not in the office at all. They're out there campaigning. We know this, right, as a matter of Mm. fact. Additionally, Jeremy, many of them are embroiled in scandal. They either appearing at commissions, they under investigations, they having criminal charges against them and, and so on. Right? And the primary preoccupation politically for them is escaping accountability. We know this. Let's not pretend this is not the case. We see them on TV and newspapers and so on every day. Additionally, Jeremy, we now have, if we look at just the last few weeks, what has been the main topic of discussion in the top decision-making structure of the ANC? The step aside rule—it's been pala-pala, and so on. Come on, Jeremy. If you are a shareholder and you're watching a company spend its time on fighting between executives and the board, really—is that so? We are with on our little own.
1: attention being paid to stage four blackouts. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So we must call problems by their real name. Their country is on autopilot. It is not wise to hope that President Cyril Ramaphosa is the one messiah who's going to turn things around. It's clear that he's not. There is no business that has got hope as its strategy. It, It just... It makes no sense to me. And yet this is where we find ourselves. And therefore, in that context, I really must challenge everybody who's listening to this podcast to question the role they've played in pretending in pretending that problems are not as serious as they are. Either implicitly or explicitly, even if they don't say so, what's clear through our collective inaction is that we don't think things are serious enough. But it's not just electricity, Jeremy. It's mm. water. <laughs> Right, Is Transnet choking the economy? Businesses complain all the time. No, I mean the list is endless. The list is endless.
1: And overarching all of this, you go on to say, uh, we have to talk about having to accept political violence. Let me say that again. We have to talk about accepting political violence. Is it your opinion that we beyond any kind of solution as far as that's concerned? You go on to say, we're run by criminal gangs. I mean, at that point, is it too late to pull things back? No, it's not too late. It, it all Pretty depends. Close. And we'll
0: talk, Jeremy, mm. about why I'm saying this is a golden opportunity, mm, by mm. the way. Because a crisis, it depends what to make of it. It can be a huge opportunity for transformative action. But you've got to be
1: brave. But there's
0: a fine you, line you, you between you gotta, crisis you gotta, and catastrophe. You've got to be bold. Mm. Of course. But let me talk about the political mm. violence. So, Jeremy, ANC councillors and other people within the ANC have been killed, in KZN mostly, but also in the Eastern Cape where I was born and where I considered it to be my home and so on. So in other words, within the context of the ANC itself, these guys are not afraid to take each other out when they feel the one is threatening the other or threatening their interests, right? We face a situation in 2024 when the ANC is very likely to get less than 50%. In terms of our own polling, it will be lucky to get 41 or 42%. And
1: there's inherent danger in those there numbers. Is inherent. Mm.
0: If these guys kill each other, Jeremy, <laughs> mm. come on. What about the people that are outside of that organization? Do we think that they're going to say, Oh, this party or this person who's threatening my interests is not in the ANC. I will let them do whatever they want. That's utopia. We need to stop choosing to be naive about these things because Abashla Libas and John Dolo have been killed a eh, for many years. Their leadership in KZN mm. auditors who found malfeasance and so on have been killed over time. So, political violence beyond the ecosystem of the ANC is a very definite
1: possibility. So, Songeza Zibi, if you're saying then that the biggest problem we're facing, and you said it earlier, is politics why are we unable to come together as a nation and fix it is the divide of cooperation now too wide for any form of collegiality
0: there's a few reasons jeremy the first is that there has been an acceptance that the anc is the convener of different sectors of society Whether it is is wearing its government hat or it is wearing its party political hat. Because it has been the center of what is called the progressive movement. And so we all agreed to be convened by ANZ ministers, by the president Mm. and so on. But Jeremy, this is the 1987 moment. In 1987 or 1985, business in South Africa, which was exclusively white Mm. in terms of the power structure, Took a decision to say the National Party and PW Porter are not the way to the future. We need to find mm. other South Africans who want enough. A better is enough
1: fusion. and they enough got onto an airplane,
0: didn't they? Got onto mm. an airplane and went and went to see the ANC in exile and others, right? What is today's version of that action? And it takes initiative, Jeremy. It takes bravery It takes boldness to say the country is way too important than my concerns about what the powers that be, whose tenure is temporary and will soon end, are going to try and
1: do to me. You go on to say, uh, Songheza Zibi, that South Africa needs to sign a moral contract. Of course. What is that?
0: So one of the things I say in the same piece, Jeremy, is that we need to define what binds us together. In my view, what binds us together are the values of our constitution not just the mm.
1: statutes? The values mm. of our constitution. And please don't use the word resilience because no, we're getting not. very no, tired no, no. of that I, word I, resilience. We, we must
0: actually, you know, being <laughs> yeah. tough can be a bad thing yes. because it means you tolerate yeah. a lot of nonsense. Correct. And I don't agree with that. So, basically, we believe that the South African Constitution is social democratic in nature. What does that mean? What are the values of social democracy? They are freedom their equality, their justice, their solidarity. And I think you can add a fifth one in the South African context, especially in light of our recent history, you say integrity.
1: Mm.
0: Here's a question. Can we build a consensus around these values? Could we? Right across party political lines and business interests and so on. And I think if we did, we might take all of these and call them Ubuntu as well. Right? Because they resonate with something. And Africa. your
1: contention is that there is that willing majority to do that?
0: No, of course. there is, mm. Especially in the places But where, what are they afraid where, of? Where, where we're going to... Yes, I think, Jeremy, and as somebody who spent mm. the last year in all sorts of places, from Kemps Bay to Kumbu mm. in the Eastern Cape and so on, the people I found are willing to move tomorrow to drive political change. But why aren't are they, they doing no, so? Hang on, hang on. Are the people... In the villages and mm. the townships and the semi urban areas those guys don't wait they want to move you get here here's what people say they say how are you going to succeed you back there they say what are we doing tomorrow that's the difference and if you accept that in any society the elites move the cheese. You've got a disconnection between people who don't want to take responsibility to say, what are you as song as you're going to do? And millions who say, what are we going to do? And so here's why we have don't have the social compact, because what you then end up with, you're going to end up with the masses who want a certain agenda. And Johnny come lately, who are the elites who thought it was just a song as a thing, where you need to drive this mm. thing. And that's our problem. So that's why we are starting at the level of values because all of us need to make a choice about whether those
1: values represent who we think we are. What then is the formula for coalescing then, those two very disparate groups who have such diverse agendas? Let me share with you
0: what we have actually been Mm. doing. So we haven't just been talking
1: to individual Mm.
0: organizations and villages and, and people and individuals and so on. We've also been very deliberate in speaking to business interest groups at a local level and at a regional level. And saying that you So these are
1: small chambers of commerce, that kind of thing. And I will will come to the the wealthy people as well
0: and and the companies, we can talk about that because I do have some views that people don't like, but we must have the conversation. So those guys are the guys who used to invite the ANC into their space and platform them. Mm. They want a different conversation. That's how we're able to get into that conversation because they don't have the deep pockets to cushion themselves from load shedding and, and water and this kind of thing and buy a diesel generator. Those guys are just to like To your the point, poor. they're on their own. They're on their own, so they want to move, right? The guys who are able to spend an extra $3 million here and $5 million to F-rate things while Transnet is falling apart still say, ah, I hope we get a better leader of the ANC. Mm. Right? That's a difference. So that's one we've also recognized and we must be honest jeremy about why this 1987 moment is not being captured in the way that we could could in 1987 or business could you had a super concentrated economy back then the owners of the assets and the wealth also happened to be the people who were largely running those assets the nikki Oppenheimers and these kind of people right that's a fact the south african economy has modernized and deconcentrated and therefore what you end up with are highly paid managers of other people's assets that's what executives of jc listed companies are and therefore they are naturally constrained they can't take arbitrary decisions to say politically we're gonna go in this way because shareholders are complex they're from here and overseas and that kind of thing this unfortunately this reality of modern business has also meant that you have a bunch of people who control a huge source of the economy who are infinitely indecisive and unclear in terms of where they think the country needs to be because they're trying to manage multiple interests that's the reality of being an executive in a listed company and i've worked in listed companies all my life mm. right that's fact so you can't ask and i'll mention sim because we know each other you can't ask sim to make a definite statement about politics because his chairman is gonna phone him and ask him what are you talking about you know you
1: know it's, it's just different just for context you're talking about Sim Sim Chabalala, Chabalala, right, so yeah.
0: that's a reality what i find is that the high net worth south africans who have a real skin in the game, not that Sim doesn't, he does, and he really cares about South Africa. He's hugely patriotic. I know him, right? The point is, those people you tend to have a different conversation, it's less tentative, <laughs> right? Mm. They're like, hey, man, this can't, this can't go on. Something's got to be done, and that kind of thing. And therefore, you can't find less dilly-dallying, right? And, and therefore, I think what business has to decide is how to get around the realities of its own shareholder and governance dynamics in order to drive a cohesive policy So we've agenda. reached the
1: crux of the conversation then. What is the call to action, particularly as far as business is concerned? You've looked at small business operators. You've talked about the big corporates, the multinationals. Practically, What is the call to action then in order to seize on that 1987 moment? This is what I would do and Mm. do it publicly or at
0: least say publicly that we're going to do it. I would say BUSA, BLSA and all of these organizations need to say on such and such a day, we are going to meet to discuss the political situation in the country because it is untenable. While we don't know what the outcome of that conversation is going to be, But we need to figure a way out of here because we're responsible for millions of people's jobs in South Africa. We're responsible for billions in shareholder money. We're responsible for a whole bunch of things. What we know is that everything we've tried over the last 15 years just has not produced the outcomes that South Africa should have. And we are going to have that conversation. We will see what the outcome is. It's a bold step because it defines a clear agenda, you make yourself publicly accountable and you fortify yourself against somebody who says, oh, they went to meet in secret and this kind of thing. Now, they can come out with a broad resolution, but I think that bravery to say we'll meet on our own without Praveen Gordon and Ibrahim Patel or Cyril and come to our own decision about what to do with this untenable political situation in the country.
1: What you're saying is that it's time they threw down the gauntlet. Of course,
0: Mm. they must throw down the gauntlet. Listen, Jeremy, this country has been propped up by the private sector and civil society. Mm. We we know this. Were it not for the NGOs and business, the country would have long uh, sunk into the drain.
1: We've got two questions to go because I'm very cognizant Mm. of time uh, whenever we record this. Um, What and i come back to the whole concept of fix essay what would define in your opinion in the very short term and let's acknowledge it's not going to happen during this elective no, this elective time but in in 2023 what what would constitute a couple of short term wins in order to start the process of of fixing i would
0: i would suggest that those in the business sector and and not necessarily those who head up the chambers mm but the captains of business, like your, you know, your funny titties at Investec and your sim chabalalas and so on, right? They need to on their own decide that they're going to formulate together with their partners. In it's the probably economy. about 50 individuals, am I it's right? It's probably about 50 mm. individuals in, in, let's say mm. the top 40 plus mm. other privately yeah. owned uh, significant enterprises, right? They need to say, we are reaching out To organize labor beyond COSATU, we are reaching out to civil society organizations to say what is the deal we choose to have and we believe is going to lead to a formula that recovers this economy and shows economic justice and so on. We're going to do this on our own without being convened by the ANC or government, right? That's important because, Jeremy, that deal or that broad agreement that comes out of that is not vulnerable to the ANC losing power. It enables actors in the economy to engage with whatever political structures emerge on the basis of very clear principles, very clear priorities. And they're able to extract on behalf of the economy and society a clear pound of political
1: flesh. But an approach like that is fraught uh, with risk because no doubt the ANC will cry betrayal. Uh, the EFF will play the uh, white monopoly capital card. Uh, the democratic alliance will feel completely marginalized. Tough. So that comes with Tough. risk, doesn't it? Tough. Mm. Tough.
0: What are they going to do? Mm. Shut down those companies. What are they going to do? Tough. Mm. That's what, that. We I said we need to be bold. Mm. We need to grow some, you know... <laughs>
1: I think I know the part of the anatomy that, that you're looking for. Last question. You're a young man, but I put this question to all of my guests. When you're talking to your children or even your grandchildren, let's say 20, 25 years time, what will you tell them about the time that you are living in right now? But more importantly, what is their role in carrying the baton? So I'm hoping to
0: tell them that I managed not to lose the baton and that baton is available for them to take forward. Right now we are at risk of losing the baton to begin with because we don't want to be bold and find each other and create the solutions. That's what I'm afraid of.
1: In that same essay that I refer to, which is on the Daily Maverick, if, if I am not mistaken, Songeza yes, yes, yes. Zibi also says, and I quote, the important thing is to be clear headed about the common threats we face, our continuing priorities, and to find ways for patriotic South Africans to work together. Songeza, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Fix Essay. My name's Jeremy Maggs. Thanks for listening to this Fix Essay podcast. For more episodes posted every second Friday, go to moneyweb.co.za, the MoneyWeb app, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or follow MoneyWeb News on social media for more updates. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.